0: It's good, it's good to, what we were saying the other day, it's good to, sometimes it's good to get out of town a minute and sometimes, and then it's always good to come home too. Praise the Lord. So, little change of scenery for a little bit. But praise God. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord and look into the Holy Scriptures. Amen. The Word is the whole deal. If you'll look in your Bibles at Ephesians, we're gonna, Continue on, uh, the Ephesians 320 blessing, which I just keep, I don't, just keeps coming up in my heart. And I just really believe there's more there than we've tapped into. Amen. And there, there was, there's a teaching out there, uh, that I take issue with a little bit um i and I understand why it's said, but if we're not careful, we'll come up with the concept that god is God is waiting on us to perform something so that he can do something for us, you know we sort of earn it, and uh while there is the command of faith to obey amen and the word to obey, if we're not careful, we'll get to getting into merit system here with God instead of understanding how uh, magnanimous he is in wanting to bless us. I think we think that he doesn't really want to and that he is reluctant sometimes to to to, uh, give us what we would desire or need. And then there's that Calvinistic thing of, well, he knows what we need, so we really shouldn't even hardly have a desire. Just let him pick it out and flick it upon us, you know. Off the, like a pea, a green English pea off the desk of heaven and flick it upon us and, and, uh, let us know that it's really good for us to do without and to suffer a little bit. So, um, that's the extreme other ditch. Then there's the ditch of, well, you don't need to have faith at all. Claim anything, believe anything. Just sit there and let it fall on you. Like Brother Hagan said, cherries off the ripe tree. Just drop off on you. And uh, both teachings are the ditch. Both are wrong. But uh, we need to come together in the middle. Amen. I just like uh, one preacher always said, if you drive down the middle of the road, you have less problems than if you have half your car in the ditch. Amen. <laughs> Especially in Florida, you pull over on the what you think is the side of the road and you're sitting in eight inches of goosh. Yeah. <laughs> and have to get towed out and then they gotta watch it. The tow truck doesn't go in the goosh. So, uh, we don't want to be in the goosh. Amen. I made that word up. The moosh and the goosh and the whatever, but you get it. What I'm talking about the muck and the mire. Uh, so we're going to look here at, uh, some things we're going to go back to the first and second chapter of Ephesians and look around at some, some language that gives us a, an image and a picture of what God's really like in regard to wanting to bless us. So it's, it's just hard for us, isn't it? I think religion did more of a n- number on all of us than we imagined that, that God's kind of reluctant and we have to really Work him over to get him to do anything, and if he does, he's reluctant, he's keeping score, and he might require some huge horrible thing from us, you know to pay it back and I think we've got God mixed up with the mafia uh they're just two different entities and behave differently so um let's read ephesians three twenty let's read it first in the King James. And then we'll expound upon it what it says in the Amplified. You know I've used this scripture many times before, and I'm obsessed with it, and I can't stay off of it. I believe it's a message from the Lord. We're going to end up putting it in a little mini book at least to get this message out because I think if we apply this to what we're what we're doing, what we're believing God for, we'll, we'll see greater results. Um, now unto him that is able to do Exceeding abundantly above. Now, those three words, just even in the King James, are beautiful words. Uh, Exceeding abundantly above all. Exceeding, uh, you just keep keep adding to this, these words, and they're just powerful. Exceeding means more than you need. See, sometimes we get the idea, well, if the Lord will just give me just what I need, I'll be satisfied. But it's exceeding. Exceeding means too much, doesn't it? More than you need. Amen. Well, think about that. Just You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure that out. If you're going to be a blessing to others and a blessing to the work of God and uh, and move forward in him, you'd need more than you need to help somebody else. Otherwise, you're both in need so you you would need you know what she what scarlet just Pastor Scarlet just read about you know the greater blessing the lesser well somebody's got to be greater, I mean in the sense of abundant supply so here um folks we're in the family of God here, we're not in the family of you know Red Skelton or you know Betty Boop you understand i mean we're this isn't just like anybody this is this is the family of god, and who is god he's he's el shaddai he's a god that's more than enough he's he's uh the el Shaddai literally means uh the the great uh breasted one the great chested you know uh, magnanimous big big enough to to be a blessing amen and so uh again more than the god that's more than enough el shaddai so 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 he wants you need to you need to start setting your thermostat a little higher. (laughs) Expector. Amen. To not only expect what you need, but expect what you don't need. Expect more than you need, because that would be exceeding, wouldn't it? It's exceeding, not just not just getting there, but going beyond it. Praise the Lord. I'm trying to encourage you tonight. Amen. To believe for more and then exceeding abundantly. So exceeding abundance, it's, it's even greater than what you would think of as a, uh, is, is plenty plus plus abundantly above all. A exceeding abundantly above all. Sounds like a good name for a club, doesn't it? The exceeding abundantly above all club that we ask. Now, you know, if he would have just stopped with we ask, we could have said, well, we just need to ask for more. But this is cool or think wow so that means what we might need to work on our thinking in other words if we're if we are still not where we need to be or want to be or imagine to be in life in every area it could be what it pick whatever area you want but if we're not there it could be that our thinking is not as big as it should be So we need to think bigger. You know, it doesn't cost you a red cent to think bigger. So and sometimes I think our thinking just kind of goes to no thinking at all. Just kind of just flat lines, you know, like our thinking doesn't get higher than what are we making for supper, you know, or something. You know, we need to we need to we need to sit. We need to take time in the day. To sit and let your imagination run wild. (laughs) We were told as a child, do not let your imagination run wild. And we should have been told, let your imagination run wild. Because then when you get to be an adult, you need to let your imagination run a little bit. Amen. Imagine better. Imagine higher. Imagine exceeding abundantly above all. Is this helping you? It's helping me. So if we're stuck, here's a good reason we're stuck. We're, we're stuck because we're stuck. <laughs> In other words, we're not, we're not moving. And uh, we need to be moving on. And the only way to do that is to, is to think. And then after you think, ask. Because he's going to do abundantly. exceed. How, how's, what's he going to do? exceedingly, exceeding abundantly above all that we would even ask. If you don't think it first, how do you ask it? All right, according to the power that worketh in us. Now, that's a little blind to us. That's why we're going to look at it in a minute in the um, Amplified. According to the power... You could say the power of God, the power of faith, the power of the word, all those are good things that worketh in us. Now, before we go to the really great words that are in the Amplified, some of you almost probably have it memorized. I want you to look at some language here in Ephesians chapter 1 uh, and begin to read verse 3. Ephesians 1, 3, in the King James. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. It doesn't say he's going to bless us when we all get over yonder, yippee, yippee, doodah. It says here, amen, here, who? in other words, it's past tense. He hath blessed us. You, you might say, well, Pastor David, I, I, I don't really feel like I'm living in that. And it doesn't seem to be manifesting like the according to the word. Well, I get that. But we have to start here with believing what's written. Amen. So it doesn't say unless you don't feel like that's really working for you. And then maybe you're exempt. But uh, religion exempts everybody from blessing. But, um, one, one, one woman on Facebook, uh, I'm, I'm sorry to say member of a Pentecostal denomination. She wrote, who, there was this huge debate about divine healing, whether it's God's will or not. And I couldn't believe that's still a debate, but apparently it is. And, uh, so said, well, maybe, you know, I, I believe that God will heal me or, you know, when I need it, unless my suffering, he's using it to, uh, bring, you know, me into someone else's life or some nonsense. And I'm thinking, well, okay. I didn't argue this because I get in trouble on Facebook. They seem to attract like vultures, but, uh, I, I will tell you that what you have to do to keep your doc just, this is just a little, this has nothing to do with the teaching. It's just a little slice in here like we're going to take a break and have a little rabbit trail, Brother Hagan called them. Um, the problem with that is if God would use sickness to somehow, you know, speak to someone, then he would use sin to do it too, because sin and sickness and poverty are all from the curse. And so, you see, if it doesn't work for sin, it wouldn't work for sickness. Does that make sense to you? And if it doesn't work for 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 sin, it doesn't work for poverty. So to say, well, the Lord wrecked my business and made me poor so that I would be more humble, well, then that would mean he might use sin in your life to teach you something. Because before there was the fall, there was no sickness, there was no poverty, there was not even thorns or weeds. I would, as pastor, I would love it for be there would be no weeds because we're, we fight weeds on this property like crazy. You know, it's always like trying to find another chemical that will kill them. So if you're against chemicals, don't, don't send me an email because I don't care because I'm going to kill the weeds, but the point is that, uh, Sickness and poverty are a result of the fall of man, and there were, and a result of disobedience. In other words, the children of Israel, they, they never had any problems until they disobeyed the law that God had given them. And then they would come under the curse of the law, and the curse would do its work but where there was no sin there was no curse <laughs> right so to say well god would go back and use part of the curse for his glory somehow is messed up messed up and uh if you have any vestige of that in your heart or your thoughts or your theo- your personal theology you need to wash that out because when times get tough, that stuff will come up. you talking weeds. It comes up like ragweed and strangles you. Because the, you'll say, well, the devil will say, you're one of the ones that's not God's will to heal. You're one of the ones that he's using your illness to witness to the nurse or something. You know, crazy stuff like that that I read. Ooh, Lord. And it gets so bad that I won't even answer it because the Bible says that it's folly to answer a fool. And so they get so foolish and so hateful and so awful about it that I just don't even respond anymore. I just go, okay, (laughs) you know, okie dokie. You believe what you want. I had a woman one time and I've told this story before, but it bears repeating. I was preaching in Eureka, California, which is where they found the, Gold, the gold, that's why it's called Eureka. It means I found it. Uh, but Eureka, California, they found the 1849 gold vein, you know. And uh, so um, I'm preaching there in a church and uh, Word of Faith Church, Rama people. And uh, they said that sometimes they'd have some Church of God and Assemblies of God people, come over for the if they had a special meeting, you know, because it's a full gospel church still and want to come. So this one woman came, and I could tell the minute I walked up to the platform and saw her, actually the church was about this size, maybe a little longer sanctuary, but two sets of pews just like this, you know, aisle down the middle. They had a side room like we do, but they had a door up here so that you could escape. In case somebody was coming for you, you know, to chew you out about what you just preached. Well, this woman was there. And I'm telling you, I don't mean to be unkind, but her hair looked like last year's possum's nest. And uh, just going every which way. She had tape on her glasses. Fogged up, you know, because she's mad. And she had a big Dakes Bible, like this big boat anchor thing. And uh, in it, she had... Papers, you know, and stuff. And she had church bulletins from every church that she'd visited and they were all falling out. And she had yellow markers, green markers, pink markers, a bag full of them. And and the whole time I'm preaching, that Bible is fluttering. She's almost trying to draw attention to herself. You ever seen somebody like that? They're trying to pull the attention away from the word and to themselves. So she's back there, and she's flipping that Bible. She's on about the second to the last row. She's got a couple of kids with her. And uh she's flipping that, and the pages are flying, and her glasses are fogging, and the tape's coming unraveled, and her hair's flying around, and I'm waiting for, a, you know, a, some kind of a osprey or something to fly out of there. Butterflies, maybe bats, more, probably more like bats. And, uh, well, they had a grand piano, kinda like ours here, sitting up on the platform, and, uh, the piano player was an elderly man, actually. He played alright, he was sitting there. And, uh, I finished the service, prayed for the sick, you know, and, uh, Gave an altar call and turned over to the pastor. Well, I knew she was coming for me. I just felt it. I could just feel her presence. I'm thinking, she's not following me in Scripture. She's looking up rebuttal Scriptures to argue with the message. The message was simple. I remember what I preached, Mark 11, 24. What things do you ever desire? When you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. So I prayed that, and i mean i i I preached that, prayed that, led the people in some prayers, and I have got my eye on that doorknob to the to the back room. You could go up there, a couple of little stairs go through, run away. so I know she's coming for me, and i and I know she wants a fight, she doesn't want to have anything explained to her. She wants to prove me wrong. I feel this. I was right. My feelings were not incorrect. So I'm going to go. As soon as I've done the pastor, I'm, I've got my hand on the door to the promised land, the back area where she can't get me. Well, the piano player gets up and stops me, grabs my hand, shaking the other hand. I got in the, doorknob here, shaking. Well, Brother David, I just want to tell you what a blessing that was. I'll tell you, it really touched my heart. You know, let me tell you my story. Night In 1962, you know, and he goes all the way back and and I'm thinking, oh God, you're holding me here and rat's nest, hairdo lady is is going to get me. I just know it, I feel it. And I'm, I got my hand on the door and her wretched voice comes through.
1: Father, can I speak to
0: you? I thought, oh God, there she is. She's flown on her broom down the aisle. The monkey bats are waiting outside, you know. You don't remember what monkey bats are from The Wizard of Oz. They were the scariest things. Anyway, I'm sure she had a whole collection of them. So she comes up and she's she brings up, you know, Paul's thorn. Job's boils, you know, Paul left Trophimus at Miletum sick. She's got all her sick and broke and go to hell scriptures memorized, you know, suffering and tribulation. Well, I just stood there and stared at her while she spit and sputtered and her glasses fogged up. And, you know, she's getting madder by the minute and her hair's flying around and the pages are falling out. And, uh, She sputtered to a close because she ran out of boils and thorns. So I finally said to her, are you through? And she said, I guess so. And I said, well, I'll tell you what. You got a problem. She said, what's my problem? I said, "I'm, I'm already brainwashed by these faith people. And I said, tell you what. I think pretty much if I got this right, you're going to, no matter what I say to you, you're going to believe what you believe. And no matter what you say to me, I guarantee you I'm going to believe what I believe. I said, I'll tell you what, you go ahead and fight for the right to be sick and broke. And I'll stay on this side and fight for the right to be healed and blessed. And you go home and be happy with your decision. And I'll go home and be happy with mine. How's that? I thought, my goodness, her, you know, she's gonna, she's like a whale getting ready to blow. There, bar she blows, you know. Well, she didn't like my answer. And I said, but that's it. I'm done. Argue- I'm not going to argue. I'll tell you, I learned that years ago. I will not stand there and argue with you. You can spit and sputter and cuss and kick and whatever you want to do. And I don't care. Amen. I'm going to believe the Bible and stick with it. And so if somebody wants to stand on Job's boils and Paul's thorn, knock yourself out. Praise the Lord. In the meantime, I'm going to follow the Scripture for myself. Hallelujah. Well, what about all them people that get prayed for that don't get healed? What about them? How does that change the Bible? Well, what about Sister led better, you know. She's led better than everybody, and look what happened to her. What does that, does that change the Bible? That's like saying somebody that that didn't receive salvation proves that nobody else should have it because the one person didn't get it. Or somebody that didn't get filled with the Holy Spirit and they asked for it, for whatever reason, they can't connect. That doesn't change, that doesn't mean we don't preach the truth because somebody can't get it. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Or any other blessing? Well, what about those people? They've tithed and given and they're still broke. Well, I don't know. Something else is wrong. then. But I'm just telling you, we're going to preach the word and at least be going in the same direction of the word, even if we're not, say, well, you're not walking in the fullness of it. Nobody is. Nobody's really walking in the fullness of it. But bless God, we're making every effort to do it. Amen. At least agree. All right. Praise God. Does that help you at all? So it says here, He hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Well, I'm going to just believe that. That's that's a good foundation. One of the foundation stones to build your house on, isn't it? Your spiritual house is believe that he's already blessed you. You don't have to do anything. Tap dance, hold your mouth a certain way when you sing. Close one eye and rub your belly or whatever, you know, Scratch your head, rub your belly, walk, I don't know, chew gum and something. Anyway, you don't have to do any of those things. You just believe, just say, and, and you say, well, how do I believe? Well, first of all, say you believe. You know, say the words, I believe. That ephesians one uh and three are for me uh, it, it would be is for me it's a verse right is for me <laughs> I believe that ephesians one i mean yeah ephesians one three is for me that's and you start there, you say, well, I say that, but I don't feel any different. does you see the word feel here anywhere all right. Stop going by how you feel. There's, you ever feel like staying in bed all day? You ever feel like not going to work? You ever feel like not going to church? You ever feel like not whatever? Sure, we've all been there, but we don't go by how we feel, do we? We get up and we do our day and we get through it. Amen. Ephesians. Okay. Now let's begin, continue reading verse four. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that he we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Well, he's going to make us. it's not. That's isn't a choice that we make. I'm going to make myself holy. You can't make yourself holy because you're dirty. How does a dirty person make themselves? Un, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Un, you're the problem. We're the problem. How do we solve ourselves? This is called humanism. And it's crept into the church as well. Now, that doesn't mean we don't make an effort. That doesn't mean we don't make choices. That doesn't mean we don't sometimes have to struggle to do the right thing. Sometimes our feelings are trying to get in the driver's seat. And our feeling says, I, I want to hate that person. I want to be hateful. I want to be uh, hold a grudge. I, I don't I don't want to forgive them. But we we if we're if the love of God's been shed brought in our heart, we'll get through that. Now just because you feel mad and upset doesn't mean you've committed some sin. People are just so sin conscious and failure conscience with the Lord, but it doesn't mean that. You're human, sorry. Well at least the IRS believes you're human. They give you a number. That's scary enough that you got a number. Germany gave people numbers too. it didn't work out too well. But anyway, you know, we, they, they believe that you're human. <laughs> Amen. And if you're human, it means you have emotions. And those emotions, till the day you leave the planet, those emotions will fight for the ascendancy. There's a driver's seat inside of you. <laughs> Amen. And you need to have that driver's seat filled with the spirit man. The spirit man needs to be in the driver's seat, not the flesh and not even the soul, not the mind. Mind, will, and emotions, the soul. So if you're not careful, you'll, the soul, the soul, especially the soul, sometimes the flesh, More the soul, I think, for most believers, because the flesh we try to keep under. But the soul will argue and and fight for the driver's seat. Oh, I'm tired of getting run over. I'll just tell you right now, I'm going to... Well, you know, (laughs) well, we've all been there. Come on. Maybe you were there today or some point, you know. But you have enough sense to know, I'm not going to let that prevail. Somebody said, you can't help. Thoughts are like this. You can't help if a bird flies over your head and drops droppings on top of you. In other words, craps on your head. I don't know how else to say it. A bird flies over and craps on your head. Well, you can't help that, but you can help it from, you can stop it from building a nest on top of your head. Amen. Do you see the idea? Thoughts can fly over, and you just say bye as they fly by. But you you bring them into subjection, bring every thought unto the obedience of Christ. All right? Y'all still here thinking, I wish you'd get to Ephesians 3.20. I'm getting there. Give me a minute. So we are, I claim, verse 4 for myself too, that I am holy and without blame before him in love, in, in Christ, I'm not glad. Amen? Having predestinated us, here, Calvinism, here you go. Here's a good one. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, now, this is the language that I wanted you to see, and you've heard me preach this before, and you'll hear me preach it again, because I don't think we quite get it, but we're going to get it. According to the good pleasure of his will. There there it is. According to the good pleasure of his will. In other words, because he wants to. When you get to be God, you can do what you want to do. Oh, wait, that's not going to happen. Well, I'm just saying, when you're in charge of something, you can do things just according to the pleasure of your goodwill. Amen. So, you know, there's this attitude of, well, you know, God really wanted to just wipe that wipe the world out. But because Jesus died on the cross, he shed his blood, uh, he can't wipe us out. He really still wants to, but he can't because of this blood thing. That's the wrong impression of the heart of Father God. So you have to ask this question. What did God get out of redemption? What was his blessing back? Now, we know our blessing, right? We're saved. We're not going to hell. Our sins have been forgiven and even beyond forgiven. They've been washed away as if they never even occurred. It's really, it's, it's beyond forgiveness. Salvation, we talk a lot about forgiveness, but it's beyond forgiveness to redemption. You understand? It's, it's, it's called, uh, pardoned. Now a person who's pardoned, their records expunged. It's like it's removed off the record. It's as if they didn't even commit the crime that they needed to be pardoned for. Like Richard Nixon, right? You understand? He got pardoned. So, they can't come back and drag him into court before he died, obviously. But they couldn't drag him back into court or bring up a congressional hearing against the Watergate crimes because Gerald Ford pardoned him. That means the record was expunged cleaned off as if it didn't happen. That's what God did for us through Christ. Amen? So what did we get? Oh, <laughs> Everything. We got adoption to the point that God calls us heirs and joint heirs with Christ. We've got eternity promised in heaven. You know what that means? You know why that's good to know? We can die in peace. You know, you don't live forever on this life. You're gonna, you know, go at some point. And that means you can go in peace when it's your time to Lay down and say, I, I think I'm done. I'm satisfied with wrong life. I'll satisfy. I think I'm satisfied. I think I'm ready to go. I'm going to go. Love y'all. Bye. See you on the other side. When you do that, you can do it with peace and expectancy that you don't go, oh, no, there's a mistake been made. I'm not supposed to be at the gates of hell. I'm supposed to be in heaven. You know, the pearly gates, not the the frying gates. <laughs> And uh well you know that one time in 1972 you said a little word and you never repented and therefore you're done. No. You can know that because of Christ and redemption and pardoning and all those things and righteousness, hallelujah, and holiness uh that you you're going to enter into the joys of heaven. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? So what does that mean? You can die without fear. People die with torment. They do. They're scared to death. No pun intended. You know, I'm telling you. They're dying and they're scared. They don't know where they're going to go. I don't know. But the believer shouldn't be going through that. There are groups, I won't call their name, but there are big old Christian groups that will never say that a person went to heaven. They leave it ambiguous. So that their relatives keep paying them out of purgatory, every time the church needs a new shingle, they'll say, "Well, you know, your grandma, I don't know, OK, so I, okay, here's ten thousand dollars, you know, it's the truth, And it's terrible because I've done joint funerals with those dudes, and they don't like it when I say, "I know this person's in heaven." They hate that." They get mad. They say, this is not authorized text. They said, well, it is if you read the Bible, dude, you know. Anyway, <laughs> thank God they're not paying my salary. Anyway, um, I wanted you to see that he did the, all these things. And all I know, the question was, what did God get out of it? We know what we get out of it. What did God get out of it? He, Open the door because the law ended, Moses' law ended, Jesus said he came to fulfill it so if it's fulfilled, it's done the new law of love is in motion now and uh, um, that, that that curtain in the temple got torn when Jesus died on the cross what was the curtain for? To keep everybody out of the holy of holies except for the high priest. But when Jesus made the way, hallelujah, for you and for me, and y'all y'all over there in Internet Lab, when he made the way, he that that God Himself ripped that curtain open, and he's standing here smiling with his open arms, saying, All y'all come to me. Call me Abba Father. Come boldly to the throne of grace that you'll find grace to help in time of need. You don't have to go through this high priest deal anymore. And then, and you don't have to sacrifice animals because I never took pleasure. According to Hebrews, God said I never took pleasure in those anyway. So the sacrifice is done. Now it's just enter into the joy the Lord. So what did he get out of it? He opened the way that he could. Uh, it's a two-way street here. We can come to him, but ooh, are you ready? Hang on. to. Your, I hope you wore your shouting clothes. It's a two-way street. We can come to him. And that's all we ever talk about in prayer usually is we coming to him, us coming to him, us coming to him to find grace to help. But guess what? It means he can also come to us. Because if he would have come to us before that, he got close, to, close enough to unholy and it would fry. <laughs> Amen. And it, you say, you know, I, he touched me. Oh, he touched me. Well, if he would have touched you before Jesus did what he did, you would be a spot on the ground. So he opened up the way through the holy blood of Christ. So that we, he could come bless us and we could go and be a blessing to him. Isn't that beautiful? When we sing, you know, the, the music in the church should never be looked at as just the music. It's not just making music. It's, 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 it's making a joyful noise under the Lord and lifting up his name and praising him. Because that blesses him. Yeah. Alright, anyway, why did he do all this? It says, according to the good pleasure of his will. Because he wants to. So if you keep reading, we don't have time tonight. I'm, I'm almost out of time. But if you keep reading this first, second, and third chapter, you'll see that language throughout it. According to the goodness or according to the good pleasure of his will or the determination of his will, it's what he wanted to do according to the pleasure of his good will. In other words, because he wanted to. Now, this is where I was talking about the bad doctrine. We've been taught in faith land that, and I am from, I am the faith movement. I'm not like an outsider. <laughs> Amen. Brother Hagan came and preached at our church before there was a faith movement, before there was a faith magazine, before there was any identifiable group. Amen. So I am the faith movement. So I'm not an outsider being rude. I'm, I'm an insider saying what I know. And that is, we got this thing going that God... Cannot bless you beyond your faith. Well, I understand why that's being said. You know, you're trying to encourage people. Can I just be honest here? We're trying to encourage people to use their faith and to try to tell them if you want to, if you want to see more, God do more, expect more, and say more. I get that, but really, it's a little incorrect because he, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Our faith had nothing to do with original salvation. In other words, the plan of salvation. It didn't get planned because we believed it. It was planned first, and then as a result, we can believe it. Amen? So, uh, I wanted you to see that I, I want you to have faith. I want you to use your faith. I want you to expect, but I also want you to expect God to do above your faith. And to know something about Him, He will do more for you than you will do for yourself. Yeah. If you'll open up the possibility of Him doing that. Right. You can limit, because the Bible says it in the Old Testament, you can limit the Lord God of Israel to where, you know, you can tie His hands by not saying the right thing. But, on the other hand, if you get that part corrected, I'm just assume everybody has, <laughs> and you start saying the right thing and agreeing with the Word, it's just helping you. He will do, I, I like it like, Lord, now this is my idea for a home or a transportation or, or income or whatever, but Lord, I'm expecting you to do above my highest thought. Surprise me! If you'll let the Lord surprise you, He'll surprise you. And He gets delight over hearing you squeal. Like a grandma that's brought a little toy, or a grandfather's brought a little toy for their grandchild to play with, you know, especially when they're little and they're fun before they figure out everything and tell you off. But, uh, you know, when they're little and cute, you know, you bring them any little, little toy or whatever, and they go, ooh, oh, 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 you know, eyes bug out. And it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's a piece of plastic made in China. And they're thrilled with it. And it, go, it goes, you know, something makes popcorn sound. Little thing on wheels, right? They're thrilled. Get it? And guess what? What do you get out of giving them that gift? You get the thrill of watching them be thrilled. If we are carnal and get that, God's even above that. God loves to see us happy. God loves to see us jump around for joy. God loves for us to clap our hands and go, Yay! Look what God has done for me. We were singing it. He has done great things. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. He has done great things. The Bible says that others would, would see the children of Israel and say, Look at what God has done for them, whereof they are glad. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, this salvation that we have, this experience with God, is supposed to be one of joy and happiness and praising and, and jumping and singing and dancing. Heaven, let me tell you what heaven's not. Heaven's not asbestos tiles on the floor with metal folding chairs in a circle and we sit around and share our thoughts for eternity. That is not heaven. Heaven is a place of dancing and shouting and praising And joining in the angels. And the angels join in with us. And we sing His praises for eternity. And it's going to be dancing and food and blessing. And happy. Not walking around in a baptism robe. Just wondering where are the asbestos tiles with the metal folding chair that's got a spray paint on the back, property of First Baptist Church. <laughs> you understand? I love First Baptist, not no problem. I'm just saying, this is people's idea of heaven, that? No wonder nobody wants to go. Read the report, Myrtle, from last week's class. Well, last week we had 12 and the offering was $17.52. It was signed off by four people. Uh, gosh! All right, sorry. Now go to Ephesians 3.20. I have, like, no time left to get the main point. All right, here we are. This is so amazing. You know, every time I preach this, I scream it because I, 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 I by faith, I'm living in this. And I, I'm going to slather this on top of every prayer that I have because I can. You know what I mean? It's like, If you ever eat with Italians, they put olive oil on top of everything. And then they'll go in the bathroom and put a little in their hair. This is olive oil. (laughs) Amen. It helps the food go down. You won't die early if you eat enough olive oil. Now to him, who? Capital H, capital W. Hmm. No, I just wonder what this means. What does it mean? Well, it's talking about Jesus, obviously. Einstein. Now to capital H, him, who? Capital W, by Ooh, ooh, ooh. In consequence of. There was a consequence to what Jesus did. There was repercussions. There was circumstances that have arisen as a result of the action of His power. Woo! That is at work within us. Where's it working? Uh, uh, Up in heaven, way up over yonder, way over the hill, the other side of Jordan. No, it's inside of us. I've heard all that stuff all my whole life. That's why I can spout it. Everything's far away. I won't have to cross Jordan alone. Well, stop. We'll put you in a canoe and give it a kick. If You don't stop talking about. I'm telling you, there's so much moaning and whining in church most places. It's disgusting. (laughs) Snot, snot. Ah! Stop! Get the victory. My God, in the name of Jesus. Right? Come on. Come on. Power at work within it. Where is it all this going on? In us! Woo! We're going to have a shout in church if I have to do it all by myself. I'm going to shout this place. If it's too holy to shout in, we'll go out in the parking lot. Is able to carry out his purpose. You think he's going to do that? Well, he's got a purpose, but I don't know what. Okay. Carry out his purpose and do super abundantly. That means way more than enough. Far over. That's not just barely snidge. Far. Everybody say far. Far. How far is far? Far. Far over. And far above. You could say because it's a, it would it's an a conjunctive word. Far over and far above. All, most, some, little bit. No, all. What does all mean? All means all. That we dare us. There's a dare in there. God's daring us. He's saying, prove me here. Prove me. I'll show you. I'll show you what I can do for you. Well, I don't know if the Lord will do that for me. Well, I don't know either. Why don't you just quit and die? That's what it's. That's what they say in uh, New Hampshire on the tag: "Live free or die." And a friend of mine said <laughs> there was a guy on the road and he wouldn't move his car. He's going like 17 miles an hour, <laughs> and he passes the guy. He yells at him, "Live free," you know, because <laughs> he's doing what he wants. He goes, "I wanted to say or die," <laughs> but I didn't think that was very nice. I just wish he would die. (laughs) It it was a joke. Oh, that we dare. There's a dare. I'm going to take God's dare. You want to take it with me? Dare ask or even think. Here we go. The, the, The prayer department might get a little nervous here. Infantly. Because that's another thing. Well, God's not going to do it unless the prayer group prays it out. Well, what about that? Infinitely beyond our highest prayers. That doesn't mean we shouldn't pray. We should pray. We should pray the highest prayers we can come up with. Right? But know that he's going to do what? Super abundantly far over and above our highest prayer on your best day when you were praying in chinese diverse kinds of tongues
1: High,
0: higher than that amen i've been in that meeting desires oh the meetings i've been in desires our highest prayers Everybody say highest prayers. Our highest desires. Our highest thoughts. That means you need to try to think higher. Our highest hopes or dreams. Amen. Go to the next part. To Him, capital H again, be glory in the church. This is for the church. And in Christ Jesus, throughout all generations, that would be to us forever and ever. Amen. So be it. Praise God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I don't know what this does for you. It makes me want to think higher, dream higher, hope higher, pray higher. And then go back to God's dare and say, all right, God, you said it in your word. You said, Dare me. Well, I'm daring. I'm, I'm, I'm saying a daring thing. I'm believing a daring thing. Oh my, we put up with, with so little. And we still think that we should get some kind of a badge for that. Sufferers, you know, president of the sufferers committee. You look at them, they've been through so much. Oh God, they have, oh, you know, I'm, Telling you that spirit can be in a church where everybody's like the Batan death march down to the aisle, you know. And it's not—it's not good. It's not—it's not the spirit of victory. We sing victory and then talk something else and live something else. I, I don't want to just sing victory. I want to live victory. In Jesus name I am. In Jesus name you are. If you come to me all down to the mouth, I'm going to preach you happy till you're praising God, either praising God or cussing me out one or the other, but we're not going to just sit there in that stew in it. Amen. Praise God. We're going to get the victory and go on in Jesus. All right. I'm going to pray for you on the TV. Amen. Father in Jesus name, we just thank you tonight for this word. Help us, Lord. To believe it. Lord, we believe. Help our unbelief. We have faith. Help us where we're struggling. To believe. Thank you for visions in the night. Thank you for dreams. Thank you, Lord, that even our dreams are ordered of you. And you give us the desires of our heart. To even know what we should desire. We give you praise and honor. Those that are watching. Anybody that's sick. We thank you for your healing touch. We thank you, Lord that the blind see, the deaf hear, and the lame walk. Cancers and tumors have to dry up in Jesus' name. Any kind of, of weakness in the system, in the body, has to go in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for strength. We thank you for victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, you may be dismissed.